order to prepare for this sermon, um, I went through the Gospels again, read through the Gospels again, um, and I jotted down every scripture that either alluded to um, or spoke directly about faith. Um, and I just jotted down page after page after page after page after page um, where faith is mentioned um, and faith is highlighted. Um, Jesus highlighted faith uh, because uh, he wanted us to have a quality of life, if you please. Um, in Matthew chapter 9, um, we see the woman uh, who had the issue of blood, the woman who was sick, the Bible says, for 12 years um, and growing weaker and weaker. Um, and she came up to Jesus, um, pushed her way through the crowd, if you please. Uh, and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, um, I know I will be healed. Um, if I can just reach and touch him, I know that I, I want you to know that was her statement of faith. Um, we need to have statements of faith in our life. Um, and she touched the hem of his garment. Um, and by, the Bible says that, that there was a healing virtue that flowed out of Jesus. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, she went from sickness to health. Uh, she went from sorrow to joy. Uh, she went from weakness to strength, if you please. Um, and Jesus turned around and looked at her uh, and said, thy faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. And she felt the strength coming into her body. Now, I don't believe she walked home just nonchalantly. I believe she ran home. She was so excited to go back to her family because now she could keep the house like she wanted to for many years and couldn't. Now she could cook those delicious meals for her precious family. Now she could take care of her children and perhaps grandchildren and bounce them on her knee. Now she could satisfy her husband. You can read between the lines if you'd like to. There was such joy in that home because of her faith that had made her whole. There was just shouting. There was rejoicing. As a matter of fact, the next morning when the husband woke up, he shouted, happy wife, happy life. I want you to know, friends, there was a change in her, in her quality of life, in the quality of life of the people round about her, if you please. Secondly, I like to speak on faith because faith is expandable. Faith is not static. Faith is expandable. It is increasing if we do that in Jesus' name. It's not static. It's not stagnant. Faith is the, the, the thing that is unlimited, if you please. If you have faith, the Bible says, according to your faith, so be it unto you. So faith is expandable. I have a book here entitled Ever-Increasing Faith, and it's about the life of Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth was called the Apostle of Faith because of the wonderful signs and wonders and miracles that happened in his life. Smith Wigglesworth was born in 1859 to a family, a poverty-stricken family in England. And in that context, he went to work full-time at six years of age to try to keep body and soul together of his family. 
When he was married, um, he was married to a Salvation Army lady, and he was totally illiterate. And the, and the story goes that she taught him how to read. But all, the only thing that he ever read in his whole life was the Bible. She used the Bible to teach him how to read. And he never read anything else but the Bible. And because he read the Bible, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. He became a man of faith. There's an interesting story told about him that while he was still a plumber, he went to work one day with lunchbox in hand. Um, he came out of his front door, and his neighbor asked him to pray for someone a couple of houses down. Um, he said, sure, I'll pray on the way to work. Um, and he went in there, and he prayed for the man. The man was in dire straits, um, and he prayed for him. He rebuked the devil. Um, he invited the healing power of Jesus to come down, um, and then he picked up his lunchbox and went to work. On his way home that day, there was a commotion around the house the story goes. And he was told that the man had died. He said, that's impossible. That can't be. He said, I prayed for him and he can't died. And so he went in there <laughs> and he put his lunchbox down. He elbowed his way through the crowd and he laid hands on the man in this way. He picked that limp body up, put it against the wall and said, in Jesus' name, I command you to come back to life. And he did. <laughs> the man came back to life. Um, and, his, and, and Smith Wigglesworth um, was, uh, saw him standing on his own two feet. Um, he turned around, picked up his lunchbox, and went home. <laughs> this man was launched um, into an international ministry. He was one of the early pioneers um, of the early Pentecostal movement. Um, he was a man of God, a man of faith, um, because he knew that faith um, was expanding ever-increasing faith um, by Smith Wigglesworth, if you please. Well, I want to share tonight um, three reasons to have faith. Three reasons to have faith. Um, now, I have points, um, and then I have sub-points. Um, somebody told me one time, you have more points than a porcupine. Um, well, that may be true, but I'm going to go fast tonight. Um, so fasten your seatbelts, like Isaiah said, and we're going to move right along. Um, number one, faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Now, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith pleases God. We need to do what pleases God. And if I didn't say anything more than that tonight, that would be enough reason for us to move into ever-increasing faith. We want to please God, if you please. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 8 that the centurion came to Jesus on behalf of his servant. He said, Master, my servant is grievously ill and paralyzed and pain. And Jesus said, I'll be right over. But the centurion said, it's not necessary, Lord. He said, I'm a man of authority, and when I tell someone to do something, they do it. I just speak the word. Jesus, if you'll just speak the word, then my servant will be healed. I want you to know faith 
puts a smile um, on the face of Jesus. I believe Jesus was smiling. Uh, he said, I've never seen such great faith. No, not in all of Israel. Um, and he put a smile on his face. Um, and that servant was healed, the Bible tells us. Um, in Math Mark chapter 4, um, we see that uh, uh, the opposite, the flip side of that, if you please. Um, and no matter how thin a pancake is, it has two sides. Um, well, the flip side of that, uh, we see in the story of Jesus sleeping in the boat, you remember, um, and the wind and the waves came up, um, and the, the, the disciples said, Jesus, don't you even care that we're going to drown? Um, and he got up, um, and he rebuked the winds and the waves, um, and in that context, uh, everything became still. There was a calm, and he looked at his disciples, and I don't believe he was smiling this time. He looked at his disciples and rebuked them because they didn't have any faith, if you please. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Pleasing God should be the central theme, the focus of our lives. How many agree with that? Pleasing God should be the central theme and focus of our lives. In Ephesians 5.10, it goes like this. Carefully determine what pleases God. Carefully determine what pleases God. We ought to wake up in the morning and think about what pleases God. We ought to go through the day and think about what, what pleases God. Am I pleasing God? Am I pleasing God as a husband in the way I treat my wife? Am I pleasing God as a, a spouse in the way I'm treating uh, my partner, um, my children? Am I pleasing God? It should be the central focus and theme of our lives. Um, how are we handling our finances? Uh, and I know I'm just, uh, this is a little rabbit trail for me, uh, but I'm going to deviate just a little bit from faith and simply say, are we pleasing God the way we're handling our finances? Um, are we pleasing God um, the way we speak? Psalm 19. 1914, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Am I pleasing God in the way I work? Is it as unto the Lord? Is it a good Christian witness? Am I pleasing God by the way I worship? The Father seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Am I pleasing God in my prayer life, in my Bible reading? Somebody said, the Bible is the gold standard for living. Um, am I pleasing God? Um, faith pleases God. Um, and there are other areas uh, that we can strive to please God. Um, and it should be, if you please, um, the central theme, the focus of our lives. Uh, for, number one, faith pleases God. Um, that's a reason that we should have ever-increasing faith in our lives. Number two, faith advances the kingdom of God. Faith advances the kingdom of God. God rewards faith in advancement in the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's the sphere of God's influence. So when someone gets saved, the sphere 
of God's influence as he makes Jesus the Lord of his life increases. And faith then advances the kingdom of God. Hebrews 11 is called Faith's Hall of Fame. You're familiar with it, I'm sure, where it speaks about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the patriarchs and the wonderful men and women of God that pleased God by faith and advanced the kingdom by faith, if you please. We find that Abraham, the Bible speaks of Abraham and says that he left the land of the earth of the Chaldees not knowing where he was going. Every step was a step of faith. We find that Abraham said, when God told him to sacrifice Isaac, no problem. He said, God is able to raise Isaac from the dead if need be. He was a man of great faith, if you please. And then right in the middle, verse number 23 of Hebrews 11, we have the parents of Moses. The parents of Moses, who by faith, the Bible says, built a little ark, put their little precious baby in that ark and put him on the Nile River by faith. And we know what happened because God honored their faith. Moses was a great man of faith, and God used him to deliver the children of Israel from, uh, from the captivity. And so faith not only pleases God, but faith advances the kingdom of God. And God's looking for people that will advance the kingdom by their faith, if you please. Now, Cheryl and I have had three faith ventures to Germany for a total of 15 years. The last one was in 2010, 11, and 12, and we prayed before that, and we paved our way in prayer, and we asked God for a sign. We asked God for a green light, and you see, God has a will and a way and a time, and when the will and the way and the time of God meshes together, the green light comes on. Well, finally, we had a green light, and so we took off for Germany, not knowing what we were going to be doing or how it was all going to work out. And I could tell you miracle after miracle, because as we exercise faith, we step out in faith, the kingdom of God is advanced. And our first faith venture to Germany, we went to Germany not knowing what was going to happen. We went as faith missionaries, not having any financial support, but we stayed eight years. In the first two or three years, we had such an explosion of ministry with our GIs and the German people. We had several coffee houses going. We had a huge 37-room mansion that we bought on faith, if you please. We had Volkswagen vans running around here and there. We had a stockade ministry or a military prison ministry, and all these things were going all at one time. And it became apparent that we needed a little help financially, and so we planned on going back to the States. But before we went, we knew we had to have a green light. I'm talking about faith that advances the kingdom. And so we laid down in prayer. We paved our way in prayer. And we prayed fervently. We prayed in faith that God would show us 
course, the right time to go, and all the details. And so one day, well, the green light came on. We felt in our hearts, now was the time to go. And only one problem, we didn't have money to buy airplane tickets. And so we thought we didn't have. And so we, we, we had several coffee houses, we had meetings, we had people that would give in the offering, and this was before the euro. And so we would take that loose change and that money from different countries. We had Dutch guilders, we had Italian lira, we had French francs, we had English pounds, and money from all over Europe. We just throw it in a little bowl and we stuck it in our safe. And so the Lord directed us to look into that. And so we took all of that loose change and that money down to the bank and sure enough, we had enough money for two one-way tickets. Well, we said, this is wonderful. Let's go for it. And so I had one of my staff bring us down to Luxembourg where we could catch a cheap flight out of Luxembourg, Icelandic Airlines. And so we bought our tickets. Well, only to find out a little while later that they had canceled the flight. We said, now what are we going to do? Here we're stuck in this airport. So we went to the Icelandic people and they graciously gave us a, a hotel coupon and some meal coupons um, and here we were. Uh, now we had us a hotel. We had uh, meals um, and we had been burning the candle at both ends for years, literally years. Um, the ministry was exploding and we were working practically day and night. Um, and so we got in that hotel room and I will tell you something, I think we slept for 16 or 18 hours. Um, we were so tired. See, God knows what we need when we need it, if you please. Um, next day we boarded the plane, which had had a stopover, a fuel stop in Iceland. And so we came into Iceland, landed, and they said, we have one hour. You can get off the plane if you'd like, or you can stay. Uh, those were the days before tight security. And so we got off, stretched our legs a little bit, and lo and behold, we looked around. I couldn't believe it. There were people there, friends of ours from Texas, people that we'd gone to Bible college with, people that were pastoring, uh, people that my wife knew from years ago. You see, they had uh, been coming back from a tour to, to Israel, um, and they said, we don't know why we're here. It's an unexpected, um, unscheduled stop, but here we are. Hey, by the way, what are you doing here? I said, we're going to come to Texas, um, and we're going to hold some meetings, um, and we're going to raise some funds, um, and boy, I'll, I'll tell you, in 10 minutes, we had a full schedule when we got to Texas. Texas. Talk about the timing of God. You see, that we were held up a day and they were made an unscheduled quote-unquote stop in Iceland. Here's two people from Germany meeting a bunch of preachers from Texas in Iceland, if you please. Well, ten minutes later, we were back on the plane with a full schedule of meetings, if you please. Well, we landed in uh, uh, in, in LaGuardia, and, and we called up some friends of the family that we could come to anytime, um, and they said, take such and such a train um, uh, out to Cold Springs Harbor um, in Long Island. That's where they lived. Um, and so we did that. Um, when we got off of the train, uh, we stepped into a nice, warm, well-lit, small station, um, and Charlie Spreckles came and to pick us up, and when he walked through the door, uh, his mouth flew open. He said, I 
I have never seen this place heated and well lit before. I've lived here all of my life. I've never seen it. God was, it was a bitter cold night, and God was concerned about us that we wouldn't have to sit and wait in a cold place. God takes care of even the little things if we are in God's schedule and God's ways, if you please. And so that evening, he mentioned that his Volkswagen Bug, the transmission, had gone out of it. I said, no problem. I fix them all the time in Germany. You just get me a transmission, and I'll fix it for you. And so we next morning, we got a transmission from the salvage yard. And on the way home, he said, I have a nephew. He said, he's backslidden away from God, and, and, and he's a good kid, but he's just lost his way in life. He graduated from high school, and now he's just doing these odd jobs, and, and he just don't know what's happening in life. Would it be all right if I invited John to come and, and help you to fix the Volkswagen, and you could talk to him? And so all the time, we were fixing this Volkswagen, I was pretty with greasy hands. It's okay to preach with greasy hands. And my pulpit was a workbench. And I told John about young people like himself in the army who came and were on drugs and all kinds of problems and how they came to Jesus and their life was changed and turned around. I told him about the young German girl who drove her bicycle 10 or 15 miles, opened up our door in the coffee house and said, is this where I get saved? I told him about young people like himself who were uh, ended up in the stockade who said, I am so glad I'm here because this is where I found Jesus. This is where my life turned around, if you please. And I told him about all these things that were happening and he identified with them young people that were lost, didn't know their way in life that had found Jesus and had turned around and had now had a purpose and a direction in life. Oh, to make a long story short, John got saved, came back to Jesus. Oh, my. He, he went to uh, 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 the Bible College in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Uh, and about the time he was about to graduate, um, we came back to the States um, and our church and pastored a church in New Jersey. Um, and, and that church was growing and we were moving along and I needed a youth pastor. I found out that John was about to graduate. So I, I went over there and I said, John, I'd like for you to be our youth pastor. Uh, he said, I don't want to babysit church kids. So I said, you won't have to babysit church kids. You do what God tells you to do, and I'll play interference for you. <laughs> He's, he, he loved loud music. I had to play interference because the board didn't like loud music. He opened up a coffee house entitled The Fire Escape. He did a lot of wild stuff. He took those kids on missionary trips to the inner cities, to Canada, all all over the place. He was a powerful youth pastor. Pretty soon he had over a hundred in his youth group. From there, John went to be a missionary to the Netherlands. Powerful missionary. From there he came back and pioneered a church in Florida. And from there he went to Arizona where he is ministering as I speak tonight. You see, God had 
perfect timing in order for John to get saved at the right time. And so that evening I said to Charlie, I said, just take us to the airport. Just drop us off at the airport. We got some meetings to do in, in uh, Texas uh, and uh, just drop us off and, and we're okay. Well, really, we didn't have any money and we didn't have a ticket. But I figured I could call uh, my wife's parents and they would wire us some money. And so uh, Charlie said, okay, I'm going to drive you to the airport. But instead of just dropping us off, um, Charlie said, I'm going to go with you. Well, I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. And here we are. We're running a little bit late, you know, and we're running along. And, uh, and, 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 and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? We don't have a ticket. We don't have a... In those days, you could buy a ticket at the gate. And so all of a sudden, they were already lining up to go in the airplane. He said, get over there in the line. I'm going to buy your ticket. I said, God did it again. <laughs> God did it again. And so sure enough, we got on that plane, had wonderful, successful meetings in Texas, and then went back to our ministry where God blessed us immeasurably. Faith advances the kingdom of God. Faith advances the kingdom of God. Um, you say, well, most people wouldn't experience those types of things. Um, most people wouldn't know those types of things and, uh, and to that level. Uh, but I want to tell you how to have uh, a faith venture every day. A faith venture every day. Um, my wife and I, um, everywhere we go, um, we hand out these church cards. Um, they're nice. They are first class, um, and uh, we, we witness to people. We invite, we started this years ago, um, years ago. Yeah. Now, you may, you may uh, witness and, uh, with faith, with, with intrepidation um, and a little bit of fearfulness, um, because that's a faith venture. You got to overcome obstacles um, by faith, um, knowing that God's going to help you. So this is a faith venture. Early in our life, uh, after I got out of the Navy, we moved to, uh, to, to Oklahoma. And uh, we started attending a little church in a little town in Catoosa, Oklahoma. And two weeks after we got there, I was a, a deacon. I was a Sunday school superintendent. I was a, a Sunday school teacher all by default. There was nobody else there, friends. And Cheryl picked up two or three ministries. And so we were totally involved. And we decided that we would go door to door. And we've we'd never done this before, and we'd go door to door. We'd knock on the doors, um, and you know, uh, when you knock on the door, you, you, you hope, I hope, I hope, I hope they're not home. But when they are home and they open the door, <laughs> I started blubbering, and I didn't know what to say. My wife helped me, helped me out. Um, but you know what? We got real good at it. And pretty soon we started seeing people come to the Lord. Pretty soon we got started knowing families, and we got, we, God just prospered our faith ventures, if you please, and the church started to grow, and we had to go into a building program, if you please. So what am I saying? Take a faith venture every day. Go by the desk back here, the hospitality desk, and pick up seven of these cards so that every day, every day, you can have a faith venture. You can knock on someone's door, or you can, if you please, just talk to someone on the street. 
in the store. We do it all the time. And only heaven knows how many people have come to Christ. We have prayed with people in all different situations because we take a step of faith. It's not always tremendously successful. About two days ago, I was at Sam's and I was getting my tires rotated on my car and I talked to a man there who was waiting for his car and I struck up a little conversation. I always struck up a conversation with the idea that I'm going to witness to that person. Always. It's always in the back of my mind. I may exchange a little pleasantries for a while, but I'm going to witness that person. And so I struck up a little conversation and then I said, do you have a good church to go to? That's a really good line with this wonderful car because this is a wonderful church, folks. You can be proud of this church. You can be proud of the worship. You can be proud of the pastor. You can be proud of what this church stands for. This is first class. And so we're very happy and proud to present this card. And so I said, do you have a good church to go to? And he said, I go to the mosque. All of a sudden, I said, I've just not heard that before, okay? I wasn't ready for that one. But in a split second, a split second, I said, interesting, with a big smile. Interesting. Listen, do you have a good church to go to? Interesting. Did you ever think about Christ- looking into Christianity? Conversation over, he took off. <laughs> no whistles and bells, no great thing. But you know what I thought of later? I thought of later. I planted a seed. And he's going to remember that because I planted a seed. This, big, this guy smiling and saying, have you looked into Christianity? I believe he's going to look into Christianity. I believe it with all of my heart because God had me by faith to plant a seed there, if you please. Number three, faith. Amen. Amen. Faith empowers prayer, if you please, to bring a blessing back into our lives. James 5.15 says the prayer of faith shall get the job done, save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, okay? Uh, Faith is so important to bring back a blessing into our lives. The other side of that is James 1, 6, and 7. If we waver, we get nothing. We have this pillow that we put on our bed every day. Every day we make the bed, we put this pillow on. It says, miracles happen to those who believe. Miracles happen to those who believe. But if you don't believe and you don't have faith, you know what you get? This right here. You get nothing. I want to tell you something, friends. We need to have the faith that empowers prayer to bring back, if you please, a testimony in our lives. Now, I've run just about run out of time, but I want to say one little thing, okay? I want, I want to share a testimony today of a work in progress. I have so many testimonies. I've just run out of time, but I have so many testimonies of things where God has done great things. But I want to share a work in progress testimony, because many of 
us have work in progress faith going on in our life. We haven't seen the answer yet, but we're moving toward that answer by faith. Two years ago, Cheryl came down a flight of stairs and pivoted to go in another direction, and all of a sudden her right knee it was in excruciating pain. She spent the next week in bed, and then we went to a couple of doctors. They took x-rays. It was bone on bone. It had spurs, and it was wrenched, and it was in terrible shape. Well, the next few months, we tried this, tried that, some shots, and everyone said the same thing. She's on her way to a knee replacement. Uh, inevitably she's going to have a knee replacement. Um, and I'm talking about a work in progress today, okay, uh, by faith. Um, and so along the way somewhere, we made a declaration that we're going to believe God for healing. Uh, we're going to believe God, um, that God will do the job completely if you please. Uh, now with man, uh, cartilage, they say cartilage never goes back. Um, but with God, all things are possible. Uh, and so during the, the next ensuing months, and this has been two years ago and, and less, uh, during the next ensuing months, um, uh, she got out of the wheelchair, um, and she got out of that little uh, cart at Walmart, you know. <laughs> she used to head for that cart. Um, uh, first thing, um, she took her brace off, um, and I want you to know today, um, she is pain-free, uh, and she can, she's very mobile, uh, and she's moving along, uh, now, I said it's a work in progress um, because we don't have a confirmation yet. But I want to tell you something. Um, we have faith uh, that that work in progress will continue. Uh, and if you've got one of those works in progress going, uh, have faith. Uh, hang on to your faith. Don't let go of your faith. Uh, believe God. Stand on the Word. Um, how do we get faith? Um, and I'm going to be very brief about this. Uh, Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Um, saturate yourself with the Word. Soak yourself in the Word. Um, Turn off the TV and soak yourself in the Word of God. And in that context, you will be building up your faith. You will have ever-increasing faith, if you please, to see the job done that you want to experience, if you please. And I want you to know, friends, tonight, faith God is pleased with faith. Faith advances the kingdom of God. Faith empowers prayer. Someone said, if prayer is the rocket, faith is the fuel. Faith empowers prayer. And in that context, as you increase your faith, you will see great things done for God. And you'll be able to look back. And you'll be able to have this testimony and that testimony to the glory of God and this testimony and see that person come come to the Lord. We've seen just recently so many answers to prayer by faith. So stand up with me, would you please? And I'd like for the musicians to come. Father, I want to thank you for your precious people. I want to thank you for faith, Lord, that we are allowed to increase through the Word of God and believing you and seeing things done for you. I want to thank you, Lord, and I pray that the words that I've spoken tonight will encourage. 
I pray the word will go into hearts and lives and situations and circumstances and make a difference, oh God. And those works in progress, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would strengthen, that you would encourage, that you will move in people's lives and situations, Lord, powerfully. Because, Lord, you said in your word, as your faith, so be it unto you. And I pray the Holy Spirit would move powerfully in every situation in Jesus' name. Lord, we believe you for great things in Jesus' name. You can stay as long as you'd like. The musicians, bless their hearts. They will help us to worship. They will help to keep an atmosphere of prayer and an atmosphere of worship in here. If you'd like to come to the altars, you can do that and just spend time with God. But in, in the context of faith. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Take steps of faith. Read the Word. Saturate your life with the Word. And move forward in faith because faith pleases God. Faith advances the kingdom. And faith is the rocket fuel for our prayers that brings a blessing back upon our lives. God bless you today. 